Hello Christchurch. Hello Christchurch, good to have you with us. Today we are looking at the passage that Steve spoke on on Sunday, which was the continuation of the passage that I spoke on the previous week. So it's been nice that we've been able to look at it in real depth. So, but we're going to focus today on 1 John 4, 16 through to the end, which is verses 21. Yeah, exactly. It's a short verse, a short section of um, verses. Yeah. Should we just um, encourage people just to pause the video and to reread it? Why not? Because I think it's important that you kind of read it, reread it. There's, there's uh, some really good stuff in this passage, so why not? Let's do that. We don't normally do that, but let's do that this time. So if you want to pause the video and read it now. Great. Well, Steve, you spoke on it yesterday. Yeah. So I'm sure you have more pearls of wisdom. Oh, so many. <laughs> but shall I, shall I say some of my thoughts? That yeah. well, should I just summarise what I said? That might yeah, be go on then, yeah. yeah. So um, basically when I looked at the passage, I just thought, yeah, I really felt God was just kind of raising it for us again. Um, this whole connection between um, what it means to be a Christian and fear and to be in his love and all that kind of jumbled up stuff. Um, because we are in a time of increasing fear again. Um, and so it's important that we just keep looking at that and just checking ourselves, because the one thing uh, I'm hoping that people are able to do is to not be controlled by fear. You know, so when uh, John here says, you know, the perfect love casts out fear, uh, he's saying don't be controlled by it. You will feel fear. That is normal. That is common to everyone, that we all in some way feel fear. Um, if you don't feel fear, you are either dead or stupid. You know, it's like, it's one of the two. So it's what you do with that fear. And as I said on Sunday, the emotion of fear uh, is, is not a sin. Even though God tells us, commands us to not be afraid, the emotion is not a sin. It's partnering with fear that is. You know, allowing it to dictate our decisions, our, um, our attitudes, our judgments. That is where we start to get into trouble. And so um, I just wanted to reflect on what it means to, to allow perfect love to cast out fear. And I talked about two different ways that is. That is God's love for us. When we truly encounter the love of God, it just melts fear away because we understand he has us in the palm of his hand and will do for all eternity and nothing can shake that. So what do we really need to be afraid of? When you know who he is, why are we afraid? Uh, the second part of that was it is as we learn to love others, when we receive God's love and then give it away, also that is a way in which we start to shed fear, get rid of fear, because we discover that, you know, the people who might cause us anxiety or worry or fear, um, when we love them, we discover that they're okay. You know, and there are lots of people that, on the surface, look, wow, should we stay away from them? And yet underneath are just broken people who need to be loved. And so um, that's what I talked about on Sunday, in a nutshell. And why didn't I just do it that short on Sunday? We say that every time, don't we? <laughs> yeah. it, I'll reflect on um, some of my reflections in a moment, but just on, on the back of that, I think there's, there's one sentence which... Mm -hmm. I struggle with because it's said so bluntly and even with what you've just said yes well 
we're recording this Monday, so yesterday for us, but, but in your summary just then, what you've just said makes a lot of sense. But the final sentence in verse 18, the one who fears is not made in perfect love. I find that hard because, as you say, yeah. we all do have fears. That is a natural human emotion that we feel. And as you use in your um, bear example on Sunday, you know, actually it's, it's, a, it's almost a God-given thing that in certain circumstances we need to have fear, so therefore we can react appropriately. However, it says very clearly there, if we fear, we are not made in perfect love. And, and honestly, I'm going to put my hands up. I don't get what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Do I you think have any pearls for us, Steve? There's a couple of things going on in my mind there. Um, one is that, you know, um, we have to take this seriously, that uh, to receive the love of God and to learn to love others should mean that we are starting to grow out of fear. And that's a journey for all of us, you know, and for some, you know, you are starting way back because of things that have happened in your past. Uh, fear is a massive part of your life and you are growing out of that. These things never happen instantaneously. Well, sometimes they do. God miraculously takes away fear sometimes. But some of the time we are just learning and growing out of fear. We are learning how to manage fear. We are learning to stop being controlled by fear. Uh, the other thing is that it doesn't mean that you are not made in love. It's just you are not made in perfect love. And God is perfect love. It doesn't mean that you can't love. It doesn't mean that you can't in some way have a uh, receive love from others, all those kind of things. It just means that, uh, that God's perfect love, his complete whole love, is not in some way um, brought to bear upon the whole of your life. You are keeping part of your life from that. Uh, and that part of your life is something that you're afraid of. And, you know, let's face it, we are all afraid of so many things. You know, whether it's uh, spiders and heights or COVID-19 or what people think of us or the future uh, or what, we, what happens to our families, fear comes in in all sorts of different ways. And we need to grow out of that. I think, you know, this is not just a... Uh, it is black and white but there's a growth through that you know so it's i think that's that's what i would want to share on that i think that's interesting because i, I hadn't viewed it from a, a response from us in that so i was thinking well hang on if i fear therefore have i been made differently okay. you know, like, have, you know is, is it is it the, the way god's made me well, no, by what you've just said, which makes a lot more sense and a lot more gracious and loving with, with the God who is good, that actually it's something about me that therefore is in some way stopping that, in some way I need to grow into that perfect love because of the fear that is within me. Yeah, and for all of us, we have different backgrounds. Uh, we've all experienced different things. And for some people who have gone through trauma in different ways, you've gone through really difficult times in life, then fear might become a more evident part of who they are. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a bigger job for you to work through there. Um, for others, they've not yet discovered things to be afraid of. And may that long be the case for them, you know? Um, because as I said on Sunday, fear can be so destructive. So we need to make sure that we are not controlled 
by fear, that we in some way are able to work through the fear so that we make good judgments and good decisions and have good attitudes um, and live life to the full. Because, you know, I've said before, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is that Jesus came that we have life and life in, all, in, in abundance. Fear would stop you having that. So let's control fear. Let's not be guided by fear. Let's instead be guided by the Spirit of God, by love, and by the Word of God. That's, that's how we should be guided. Amen. Should we get back into the passage? Or, yeah, sorry. sorry. That's all right. No, it's a good... Um, uh, I mean, it's one, uh, part, one verse I didn't look at on Sunday, so it's good to talk about it. Thanks for that, Steve. Um, I see this passage split into three sort of mini sections. And I think you predominantly focused on the middle section, talking about fear and how perfect love casts out fear. But I see the verses 16 and 17 as, as almost a reminder of what we've just heard. So particularly thinking back to the passage that I spoke on you know, the previous week, yep. speaking about love. It's the second time, if not the third time, that John says, God is love. As a reminder, you know, let's, let's be reminded that this, this is what we're focusing on. This is who we're focusing on. And he is the epitome of what love is. Then we move on to the well, fear section and the fact that fear is cast out by the perfect love of God. And then in that final bit... Fear is cast out by perfect love. What did I say? Of God. <laughs> John doesn't say that, as I said on Sunday. He doesn't say that. He simply says perfect love. God's love and also our love. Thanks for picking me up on that. And then verses 20 to 21 very specifically and very practically speaking about love. And I don't necessarily think really that final bit talks about fear necessarily. I think it is talking about this is what love is and this is therefore how we should Mm. be loving as a consequence of God's love for us. Um, And so I think, I think we, you know, with your summary and what we've always spoken about, I think we've focused on, um, the fear bits i think having the reminder of god is love is really helpful so i mean i wonder with the remaining time we've got for our you know first deeper bit before we go on to wider whether we focus a little bit more on verses 20 and 21 because i think very practically speaking there will be many of us who don't speak to our families there'll be many of us who have had real breakdown in relationships And this is very practically saying that we are called to love everybody, brothers and sisters, both family, but that relates to the greatest commandment that we're given, which is to love our neighbours as ourselves, so therefore everybody. There will be people in that 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 we find very difficult to do, but yet God has given us the command, verse 21, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And I think, I think that's a real challenge for us to hear, but a really important reminder for us to hear. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the, the, what he's talking about here is, is particularly love within a church setting, you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ, um, but ultimately applies beyond that. You know, it's, it's not restricted to that. Um, it's, of course, he's writing to churches. He's writing to churches who are, still working out what it means to be church. And so there's lots of discussion and conflict and debate. Um, So he is here 
uh, just reminds them, look, whatever you're going through, you need to make sure that above all else, you still love one another. And you keep that as a central aspect of who you are as church, that you still love one another. And, you know, it's, and he keeps putting God at the center of that. Yeah. You know, and it's important to remember that. It's not love as the center. It's, you know, love is a kind of foundational aspect of our faith. But it's actually God at the center. It's not, not that, you know, love is God. It is God is love. Mm. Um, and some Christians can do, do in the, not deliberately, but in the way they talk, you know, all, well, it only matters that we love one another. Well, yes, that's kind of true. What really matters is that we're obedient to Christ first. And because we're obedient to Christ, we are loving one another as well. Um, and so, you know, there, where there's um, some disagreements and things like that, we are all under Christ first. It's not that we should just try and love one another. And if they're wrong, well, that's okay. And we just live with that. And we just love them through it. But we are still under the Christ and we're under his lordship. It is God who is love, not that love is our God. Uh, and so we need to just kind of be a little bit aware of that when we talk around this. Um, and I think, you know, uh, what he's talking about here is probably the church he's writing to, they're having some big discussions about big issues. Because um, we all know what's like, you know, even now there are big discussions about big ch- uh, issues in church. And uh, we need to make sure that we love one another. And, and we use this verse last deeper as well, but John 13, I'll just read it again, uh, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And I think this is the point. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So clearly, if you know, John is speaking to a church that they are not showing love to one another, if people from outside are going to look in on that and think, well, what, what's going on? Yeah. It doesn't marry up with the gods who I kind of think that they are worshipping. And, and, if, and if that is a loving God and they're not showing love to one another, you know, between brothers and sisters, you're not showing that. That, mm. that is not demonstrating who we are as the church born again because of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but in all that, it can still be really tough. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the thing, when you start talking about love, it all sounds a bit weak, a bit wishy-washy. Um, it all sounds a bit flowery. And actually, love is hard work. Mm. Uh, yeah, and we, we could probably spend, uh, you know, a whole day just talking about those three words, God's love, and what that actually really means. Um, trying to work out then how we love one another under that. You know, we, we all take a lifetime trying to work out. And at times it's messy. And at times it's awkward. Um, and at times we get it wrong. But we should be constantly trying to learn how to love one another. Should we uh, go a little bit um, wider and think about how we apply all this? Perfect. So in terms of uh, application, you know, the, there's, there's obviously this whole thing around fear. And what we do with fear. And I think we just need to just kind of talk a little bit about that because, you know, that, that's, that's one of the key parts of this passage. Um, and, you know, what I would not want anyone to come out of reading this or listening to this is feeling condemned because in some way they are fearful about something. Uh, as I keep saying, we all have fears. 
Even the most secure-looking, cool dude is afraid of something. Probably afraid of looking uncool, you know? Um, so everyone's afraid of something. We all have deep seas of fears that we are working through. Uh, the issue is not being controlled by them. So how do we do that? Well, you know, I, I used on uh, Sunday uh, a verse from Psalm 34. Uh, you know, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. It is coming back to God and seeking God's lordship and his love in your life. You know, and I, I think I didn't talk about this on Sunday. It's really kind of just I just feel God speaking to me about it right now. There's something about lordship. It's about coming under his reign, not under the reign of fear. You know, you are coming under his reign, which is a reign of peace. And so you make sure that you keep coming back to God and that you start to live your life around how God has ordered life. Because if you are doing that, that's where you discover life in abundance. When you try and live life your way, that's where you'll discover a life of fear. And so it's about coming under the Lordship of Christ. And there you discover his love. You know, that, that's, you know, his love is for everyone. But as you seek to kind of shape your life around him, by the things he said in scripture, you'll discover more and more that even the hard things he said are actually because he loves you. You know, so, you know, like the big thing, say, say for instance, the moment, you know, sex before marriage seems to be that, uh, you know, lots of young Christians now are kind of just ignoring that a little bit, you know, and yes, you know, it is for our good. It's because he loves you that he has said that we keep sex to the marriage uh, environment. Um, and it, there's good reasons for that because we can damage ourselves and damage others by being involved in uh, sexual relationships it, when we're not ready, when other people aren't ready. Uh, it's when it can become either abusive or hurtful. It's because he loves us that he's created boundaries. And so, you know, it's un when we're under his lordship, we actually discover that the things, the boundaries he put in place are because he loves us. And you, you'll know that because you've got kids. You know, you create boundaries for your kids because you love them. And they are under, effectively, your authority at that point. <laughs> they won't always be Simon, so make the most of it. Um, so they are under your authority and you create boundaries because you love them and you want them to be happy and to enjoy life. Uh, and that's exactly the same for us in Christ. That, you know, the boundaries are there because he loves us. And as we come unto his lordship, we actually discover just how much he really does love us. And very, um, very honestly, in my life, I've struggled um, not with fear, yes, but often with anxiety and, and worry, which, which comes from a place of fear around mm. particular things. And so hearing you say that, I'm like, yeah, I believe that. And, and hearing you say your summary at the start of this, talking about this being a journey that we go on, really settles my heart because I definitely know that um, I've worked through this on a journey, but I, by no means am I there yet. And so I think that the, the reason I say that is that if you are in this place, you know, whoever's watching this, if you're in this place and thinking, yeah, I, I know Jesus Lord in my life and I know he's central and I truly um, hold on to that and cling on to that. And I know he's love. Um, but yet there are still parts of me that, 
and fearful of. I, I think I think just do hold that with some grace over you. Um, as you know, as you just said, Steve. You know, we, we are not here to condemn by any means. We are here to to hopefully inspire that journey. Just just to today, take one more step, knowing one more day into our apprenticeship with Jesus of the Lordship of Him and that His love casts out fear. Exactly. You know, and all we want to do is kind of lead people to an abundance of life. Yes, come on. Sometimes that means making big decisions and make, doing hard things yeah. and trying to conquer fear is one of them. Yeah, and the other one that we get in this passage is, you know, what do you do if you are struggling with a brother and sister in church? You know, if you, if you can't love them, you know, what, what do you do? If you find that hard and you're know, the, the, a bit of a pain, they're getting on your nerves. You know, we, have, we all have people like that in our lives, don't we? So what do you do? I think there's one thing I would encourage you to do is just go and talk to them. and Not necessarily talk about the issue you have, but listen to their story. Yeah. You know, because there's a reason why they are as they are. And um, I would encourage you to just you know, ask some gentle questions and encourage that person to open up about who they are and what they've done in life, what's been done to them in life, um, and find out about them. And I think at that point, that's where you can learn how to love people. Because, yeah, um, you know, even for me, you know, I, I am now in my 60th year, as you keep reminding me, Simon. Um, you know, there's still people I'm anxious about or cautious about, you know, who I have to make a conscious decision to step into relationship with them. But as I discover their story, I find it easier and easier to just love them for who they are. Um, and I think, you know, that, that's one of the keys, just listening to people and listening to where they've been, what's happened to them, why are they as they are. You suddenly discover there's so much more to love about them than you ever thought. And um, not to spiritualise this too much, because I think practically speaking, that's so important to do. But so often when I've had conflicts with somebody, all I'm praying is that um, God forgives them for what they have done and that God changes them so that they are better and nicer and whatever towards me. But it needs to be the other way around, doesn't it? We need to repent for whatever parts we have played in the breakdown of that relationship. And we need to pray that our heart is melted for that person or persons as Jesus heart is for them as well. And again, that's really tough. Like, that, that is a really hard thing to do, particularly if the situation is particularly, particularly bad. Um, but, it, but it starts with a change in our heart, which only comes because, as it says in verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, when it comes to that major... Well, not even so major, but when it comes down to a breakdown in relationship, you know, you, you do have to do something about that within church. You can't just push it onto the carpet and hope it goes away. You, you know, the Bible tells us we ought to do something. Uh, and, you know, it tells us to go to that person directly and to talk to them. Uh, the problem is what lots of people do, there's, there's two things they do. Either they, they, they avoid going to that person, uh, they come to me instead. And they'll say, so-and-so has upset me. What are we going to do about it? It's not my place to do anything. You know, you go to that person. That's what the Bible says to do. Go to them. 
the other part of the problem that some people have is they want to go to that person, tell them what they've done wrong, and that they should see it from their, their point of view, instead of going to have a, a listening kind of conversation that I talked about earlier, where they hear the, the other's point of view uh, and put themselves in their shoes because that actually is an act of love. You might not feel it, but that is an act of love. Um, it, a lot of it is around attitude. If all you want is for them to say that they're sorry, then you've probably missed the point. Because I can guarantee the stuff that you need to say sorry about as well. And so, you know, as you said, Simon, you've got to look at yourself first. You've got to go and hear what they've had to say uh, and talk openly and honestly without prejudging or trying to predetermine what the outcome is. Uh, and too often, that's what people do. They feel hurt. They want the other to be hurt as well. Or they want the other to acknowledge the hurt and that's it, you know. Um, all too often, though, there are two people in that game. It's not just about one person. Should we think about questions for people to reflect on? Perfect. Why not? Let me start off. Uh, God is love. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I think that's, that is something to reflect on for the rest of your life. What does it actually mean that God is love? Especially when you consider that, you know, the ultimate act of love that we talk about is the cross. That's self-giving, self-denying, self-sacrifice of Jesus. Uh, God is love. Spend a bit of time either thinking about that or talking about that with others in your group. And on, and on that discussion point, I would also add in, you know, what does it mean for God to be the Lord of your life? And yes lordship you know that that sort of that word that you felt god's you know really placed on your heart now mm. you know what does that mean for us as christians what does that mean over your life yeah and i think it'd be good to either reflect on or to discuss uh what are the things that you're afraid of you know sometimes we have to name these things you know because for our fears are usually kind of hidden you know we, we keep them away from people they're at the back of our minds um name them Talk to them about someone right now. You know, it's uh, either write them down or in your group, share them. It might be hard to do that because it, it'll feel personal. But I think naming your fears is important. Being honest and open to someone else and allowing them to love you and for their perfect love to cast out that fear. That could be incredibly healing. Yeah, definitely. And then thinking of that final section that we've talked about, mm. you know, truly in, the, in your heart of hearts, um, who is it that you need to go and spend some time with and listen to? Yeah. Um, and also spend some time in prayer, seeking that God would change our hearts. And if we need to repent of the situation. Um, yeah. It's good. Fantastic. You're going to pray for people, share this with you, Steve. Thank you so much. You're going to pray for people? Yes, I would love to. I'd love to. Father God, this is a, a short passage that we've looked at, but it's got so much in it. Lord, I do pray that as we have watched this and as we have 
read your word and really prayed through it. But now as we discuss these questions, Lord, that you would be at the centre of our discussion. You'd be at the centre of what we talk about, Lord. And Lord, would you prompt us and challenge us about how you want us to live differently as a result of reading this passage and hearing these words? Lord, may we be bold in naming some of those fears. Will we be bold in calling out people that we think, you know what, I need to go and spend some time with them and we need to repair what's gone on. So be with us as we do that. May your love shower upon us yeah. and we have that real peace in our hearts. And Lord, most importantly, would we know of your lordship in our life as we discuss this? So we give it all to you now, Father. Mm. Amen. Amen. Lovely to see you all. God bless. Take care now. Bye.